How much longer do you think he's gonna keep us out here? It could be all night. The guy gets his rocks off like this. Hangs around queer S&M joints downtown. He likes pretty boys like you. Get out of here. everybody welcome to generation lost the show about movies with Bryn and jeremy and it is week two not really of dark council gay may gay may gay it's pride may. month <laughs> we are so excited about pride month to celebrate being kind of bisexual <laughs> you know what's funny is um i was the the original idea was gaypril but we had already made April uh, <laughs> heist month. <laughs> and so I was like, well, what else can we do? And then I like looked at the calendar. I was like, oh, we could just do gay. <laughs> and then oh, everyone yeah. was like, no, it has to be gay, man. <laughs> no one will understand what that means, Jeremy. <laughs> if you just call it gay. <laughs> it doesn't work unless you do gay April first. The theme is gay. Goon. <laughs> Glide. Gay-oon. <laughs> Jill Gay. <laughs> Jill Gay. All Gay. <laughs> All Gay. That, uh, that one kind of works. <laughs> Septem Gay. <laughs> Gay-tober. <laughs> and then Gay-vember and Gay-sember. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> January. <laughs> February. <laughs> Garch. Okay. Yeah, March is the only one that you can't do anything with. <laughs> We've done them all. And everyone is still here and hasn't gotten fed up with this. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to Game A, folks. Last week we did Master and Commander, which is shockingly not gay. Um, This week we're doing a movie that is clearly more gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still in the closet. Um, But before we get to Nightmare on Elm Street 2 Freddy's Revenge. Jeremy, what else did you watch this week? Thank you for asking, Bryn. You're welcome. This week, I watched the hotly anticipated 2023 American slasher film directed by Matt Battinelli, Olpen, and Tyler Gillett. I'm talking, of course, about Scream 6. Six. The follow-up to Scream um five which is five which is yeah scream five uh you know starring all sorts of people and you know yeah um, i'm just a little behind on this i'm i'm now i've now seen scream one through four mm -hmm. and not five so five as you know uh i liked a lot Mm -hmm. um and i was really excited to see what they had in store for scream six and um I have to say, uh, I think I hated this movie more than Ooh. I've hated a movie in a pretty long time. Oh my god! Um, I was Any really, movie. really disappointed in this. Um, I mean, part of the problem is that my expectations were very obviously much too high. Um, sure, you know, I, I, but I have expectations for these movies now. You know, since four, basically, like one, you know, the first one is is a great movie in and of itself. And it has some commentary, but it's not like the core of it necessarily. But four and five had so much to say. And and, and whether or not you sure. like that about them, you know, they, it's hard to deny they did have a lot to say. And they, they that's what the movie's purpose was. For sure. I agree with that, even if I didn't love four. This one feels so cheap and so... Um, like exactly what you would like basically what you would expect the year later follow-up to scream five to have been <laughs> sure um, it is so weird because it's like 10 years between the last three right and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's one and then two and it's like it's it's very much in the spirit of halloween moving on to halloween kills right where it's like um 
you know, Halloween felt like it had a perspective. It had something to, to go on, right? Even if I didn't like Halloween, I understood why they made it and I understood what they were going for with it. Um, and then Halloween Kills was just so cynical and sad and not necessary. Right. And just <laughs> not Evil good. dies tonight. Yeah. Real piece of garbage. And uh, this feels very much in, in a similar spirit. So in this installment, uh, our main cast from uh, Scream 5 are now all in New York going to the same college. Uh, they're basically doing Scream 2 again. Interesting. Where they're all at college. And uh, the killer ends up being like the family of of the uh, the killer from five, um, and uh, basically they they they're they're in college and and the killer uh, is you know chasing them around and shit. Sure. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> basically, what's what's really sad about it in particular is like I mean it's it's corny. It's very fan servicey. It's littered with Easter eggs from the franchise. There's a lot of like look at camera sort of referency sort of stuff. Um, there's a like really uh, tacky sort of conversation between uh, a previous movie's horror movie nerd character and Five's horror movie character where they talk to each other about horror movies. They're like, what's your favorite this? What's your favorite this? What this or this or this? And you're just like, oh. <laughs> Shut, Shut up! up. <laughs> Stop talking about it. <laughs> um, so that stuff all sucks. But the thing that really hurts about this movie is that it actually does feel like they had an idea and then they abandoned mm. it. Oh, and 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 it felt in the beginning like what they were going for was going to be taking on rather than horror movies, they're going to be taking on the true crime genre. Because there's something interesting oh, happening interesting. in this movie where they're they're telling a lot more of it than they usually do from the perspective of the police who are investigating. And that that's an interesting angle to take. And to take this into a true crime sort of a direction is, is very interesting. The, hmm. the opening of the movie, um, you know how in 4 they do the fake out where you get the murder and then it's inside the stab movie. And then they, <laughs> Three then, then times. that one's inside a stab movie also. So this one, there's a, there's a murder at the beginning. Um, and then the, the scream guy like pulls up his mask and you know who it is instantly. And then he goes home and he talks to his homie and the two of them talk about their plan where they're going to kill all these characters who end up getting, you know, screamed throughout the movie. Uh, but then <laughs> killed, but then, the, the, but then another scream killer calls him and he's like, you suck. I fucking hate you. Uh, I'm going to kill you so that you don't kill these people. Cause I'm going to kill these people. Um, so, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like there's, there's scream killers at the beginning of the movie, but then they get killed by another scream killer because that scream killer wants to do the scream killings of the movie more. And they're so, on their, they're on their grind set. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so it's like, um, the initial killers are like, we want to complete the movie, right? The guy in five was trying to make a better stab movie. So we want to finish his movie. And then uh, the killer who ends up being the killer for the movie, like his final word to that killer is, um, is who gives a fuck about movies and then stabs him. <laughs> and I thought that was like going to be the angle was going to be that this is the first time where the killer is just like, I don't give a fuck about fucking scary movies shut up <laughs> yeah <laughs> this i'm is making about crime <laughs> <laughs> i'm making snuff film because <laughs> they even like give you this whole thing where they're like they're like there's a conspiracy theory that goes around the internet about how uh th the girl from the last movie actually is the killer and i was like oh cool so it's gonna be somebody who's like seeking justice for this and then it's like a red herring and they're like, actually, surprise, we're just the family of the killer from the last movie, and we're out for revenge, and we're all killers. What? It's like a dad <laughs> and his two kids, and they're all killers together. Fucking sucked. It was too corny. Really, really, really ruined the whole experience. Wow. Uh, is it, like, f formally really bad, too? Yes. It's really tacky. It's really corny. There's a lot of humor in it that doesn't land. There's a lot of, like... Um, I mean, it's, it's also like the, the stakes are really 
like unclear uh, unclear because i mean well i mean it's like you know people get killed and whatever it's life and death and what all that sort of stuff but like sure nobody dies in this movie <laughs> like a bunch of people keep getting stabbed pretty gnarly like and then they live through it um chad who uh survives the last movie who's he survives five in this one he gets stabbed i want to say like 20 times in the chest <laughs> and then he survives gail gets like stabbed multiple times and gail she survives gets stabbed? how many times has that bitch been stabbed yeah it's fucking Courtney wild. cox is in this movie she's in the movie um <laughs> but um okay. not uh what's her name nev campbell um, nev campbell is not in the movie finally she does not appear. She's, she's like, is she alive? Yeah, she's alive. In the uh, world? Gail is just like, oh, she doesn't live in New York and she's not coming here because <laughs> she doesn't want to be involved. I wouldn't either. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, all that shit stinks pretty bad. Um, and again, really can't stress this enough. The The killer is, um, he's this fucking guy who's... Uh, He's um he's in a lot of TV, um. Fucking oh Dermot Mulroney, Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, that guy. He's in a lot of What's TV shows. Why do he's I know in that guy? um. He, he, I mean, if you see his face, you'll know. Him. I I know his face, but not like oh, is he uh? <coughs> God, is that well, the, he's the male Sex lead in, the city in that guy? weird? Um, I think he does have some sort of role in Sex in the City. Um, he's also um, he was in that weird Christmas movie I watched this year. Um, he's in my best friend's wedding. He oh. had like a brief, uh, brief period in the '90s as a leading man. Um, that just didn't really end up panning out. I guess didn't pan out. He's in Arrested Development as Dusty Dusty Radler. He's in um. Uh, he's in the Insidious he's in movies. He's in Zodiac. Yeah, he's, he's a working stuff. actor. He's in a lot of stuff. He's God. in Shameless. Who's he in Shameless? What is he? What is his big show? What is his big thing, though? I feel like he's. Let's see. At the top, I don't we recognize have, any of this stuff. He's known for Young Guns, Staying Together, Where the Day Takes You. That, I don't Point of heard No of Return. Oh, that's the Christopher Nolan thing. Angels in the Outfield. There we go. <laughs> that's one I know. I've seen that. My best friend's wedding about Schmidt. That's the uh, that's the uh, Alexander Payne movie with Jack Nicholson, which I never saw. Yeah. So anyway, so he's uh, he's he's uh, a cop, uh, and then it turns out he's sure. also the killer. Um, cop killer. And he is just too big. He's playing it way too big. His kids are playing it way oh. too fucking big. It just like it comes off as really cartoony in the end. Like the the final sequence where they're they they reveal themselves and they do the big kills and whatever. It just comes off like a Nickelodeon movie, you know. <laughs> like it comes Damn. off like if you ever watched um the there was like a Nickelodeon movie that has all the guys from The Sopranos in it um what yeah yeah yeah. oh my god what do you mean you gotta see it it's so fucking funny um like as kids no nope 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 as adults it's about yeah it's called nikki deuce nikki deuce nikki deuce is a tv movie co-produced by nickelodeon ycv starring noah monk oh my god uh, which is based loosely on the book nikki deuce welcome to the family the film was directed by jonathan rosenbaum written by art edler brown andy callahan douglas sloan uh so it's got i mean it's, it's got, got steve sharippa it's got tony uh sirico it's got, it's got uh, james gandolfini michael Perioli. uh <laughs> is that pussy on the cover uh no, that's uh Bobby Bobby oh, Bacala. Bobby Bacala, yeah. Um, uh yeah, damn. an absolutely stacked cast of guys from the Sopranos oh, in that, a in a made for TV children's mafia movie. Is that Jackie uh not April Jack who's the other boss that I hate? Jack. Oh, um Johnny Sack. Johnny Sack. Is that yes, Johnny, Johnny Sack? Sack is also in it, yeah. Man, I hate that guy. Yeah, he's in the movie. Wow, this is really weird. Oh yeah, uh-huh. Christopher's in it. Have you watched this movie? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why? It's so wacky. It's so stupid. Um, because it's funny. It's a funny little piece of Sopranos. Uh, 
uh, oh it's media. after oh it's like it's they after, know yeah. they know oh i see exactly yeah so it's 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 self-conscious wink at the camera sort of stuff and this Polly's is what i mean it. is it's like it kind of has the feeling of like winking at the camera too much okay sure i get um, that and yeah, so this is like, I think Steve Sharippa wrote this book, Nikki Deuce, and then they made a movie out of it and he got all his homies in it, is I think <laughs> what the story there is. Anyway, yeah, so uh, really cannot recommend Scream 6 any less real piece of shit movie. <laughs> uh, another thing that's interesting about it on a technical level, um, they do this weird thing where from a sound design perspective, you need to do something to denote when a scene takes place inside and when a scene takes place outside, right? You need some sort of a sound sure. difference to indicate that, right? And most people would do it with, you know... Sky? Lighting? No, 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 sound. So sound design stuff. So like... Um, oh, so, oh, like so you group want like, walla. Yeah, group walla. You want a little bit of bird chirping. You want a little bit of car driving by. You want people that sort chattering, of stuff. chattering, yeah. Footsteps. Um, what... Like, if you were to choose between indoor and outdoor, which one are you going to put reverb on? Indoor. Indoor, because yeah. there's walls <laughs> around, right? Yeah, I would. For whatever reason, <laughs> this movie has it in their heads that outside is the place that echoes the most. So everywhere they go outside sounds like a fucking cathedral it sounds it sounds like they're at saint <laughs> patrick's it sounds like they're in a marble fucking room with a million nooks and crannies everywhere everything echoes like crazy outside it doesn't make any sense also just another thing bad new york oh no bad well, this is one new of the york. things i was most excited about it's like it looks like a nice new york movie nope no. bad new york you get some good worse like, than not even as good as now. Now you see me. No, not as good as now you see me. Now, now <laughs> you see good, me has an iconic and, a good New York and, movie and um and 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 uh often disregarded uh New York you know location in in the five points. Whereas right. this movie, you see like some you know sky shots of the skyline you see the bridge and then like everything else could be fucking anywhere the the campus of the school they're on not anywhere in it's 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 in toronto <laughs> uh the real oh, place that no. they filmed it oh that's so doesn't feel stupid. like it's in new york at all the trailer um, is like we're on the train we're you in get the subway the, the subway bodega. feels okay the bodega feels okay too crowded way too many people in there <laughs> Um, the guy set. has a shotgun that doesn't make any sense you wouldn't see a shotgun in a bodega here ever there's a back there's a back door out of the bodega that doesn't exist. There's alleys. Uh what? those aren't really around. Not in Brooklyn. No, in most places there's like very very few of them. Yes. So yeah, bad New York, bad movie, real piece of shit. Don't recommend. Sounds stupid. What did you watch this week? This week I watched the uh modest blockbuster hit post covid hit uh dungeons and dragons honor among thieves mm. uh directed by jonathan goldstein you were really excited about i that. was really excited about it you know what it's pretty sick yeah <laughs> i really enjoyed it uh it's a movie uh that is it's so weird it, it it's a weird movie but okay so this movie came out this year um, in March, it's it's hard because you brought up like what is Dungeons and Dragons even? What is the world? Mm-hmm. Um, and watching it, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> all of these things that are from the game that aren't from anything else. Yeah, because the thing is, I think I was mistaken about Dungeons and Dragons, where I thought that most of like the world is made up by the dungeon master. Like I didn't think there was actually like set stuff that had to be in it. Yeah, no, there's stuff. I mean, there's like owl bears and there's mind flares and there's specific classes. There's druids and, Mm -hmm. you know, like stuff that generally or like the way there's wizards is a little different. One thing. So I feel like this movie really nails everything about what's cool about playing D&D. So the premise of the movie is Chris Pine and uh, Michelle Rodriguez are friends and they are have been 
arrested together for stealing some stuff. Um, and they're in prison and they're trying to, they escape the prison. Uh, you find out what had happened was, um, Chris Pine used to be some sort of like upstanding security guard, basically. Like he, he was a guy, um, I'm trying to explain this to people who haven't exactly played the game. Uh, security guards in he, Dungeons and Dragons? He, he's a harper. So he's like, <laughs> he, he works for, um, he, he, his job is sort of like protecting things and like protecting the realm. They take an oath and stuff. Mm. Um, I love but, an oath. But he decides to steal something and then the he steals from a wizard and the wizards kill his wife after mm. so his daughter he leaves his daughter to go do one last crime job to those find, are bad wizards they're terrible wizards they're red wizards and you don't want to fuck with them um <laughs> and <laughs> and so he goes to do one job to get this like magical stone uh that a tablet of reawakening that can bring one person to life um back to life um, and this is after years of his wife being dead. Um, but then during that job, he gets captured and then they goes to prison for two years with his friend, Holga, who's, um, Rodriguez. So he tries to go back to his daughter, apologize for going to prison and his ex friend and person who was on that job has lied to his daughter and said that he was going to get a tablet of riches, not a tablet of reawakening and has put a spell <laughs> it's a it's it's hugh grant yeah <laughs> hilariously i feel like i haven't seen hugh grant in anything and it's so funny to see him be such a sleazeball again oh no that's his thing now he's like a piece of shit in movies <laughs> he was in um he was in that hbo series where he was a murderer that fucking rocked he's so good hugh grant is way better than he ever gets credit for I fully agree. He's always like a draw for me. And I just feel like he's not really in stuff as much anymore. Um, I feel like he got like, he got really pigeonholed into like rom-com lead male, like, you know, awkward British, Uh but charming, you know, and and then he just kind of like disappeared. And then I'm happy to see him now kind of popping up again, just being like, no, I'm playing a piece of shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing I remember him being in was uh, Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas, yeah. And he's great in that. Um, anyway, oh yeah, he's also um, Foghorn Lakehorn's boyfriend in Glass Onion. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the movie is basically... Hugh Grant is the evil guy. I did guy. think you were going to say Looney Tunes back in action. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. <laughs> he's actually dating Foghorn Leghorn. He is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the it's like the deleted scene in. Um, I'll, I'll say I'll say Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the deleted scene in um, that thing you do where to- where they have like, oh, yeah. the quick little reveal that Tom Hanks has a boyfriend. Howie Long is just like. <laughs> Jump in this little car with me. Bye. <laughs> See you later, guys. Yeah, it's just like a random scene where they're just like, they just like come across Foghorn Leghorn just like stumbling out of a bar with his arm around Hugh Grant. There's like, is that fucking Hugh Grant? <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Bugs, we don't, we're going to say nothing about this to uh, now, Daffy. Now, Bugs, now, Bugs, uh, do you know where I could find some poppers at this time of night? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's something you do in your spare time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) Anyway, the movie is about Hugh Grant. He's taken the little girl as his own uh, and is keeping the Tablet of Reawakening. Uh, And then it's like, basically, Chris Pine... Chris Pine and he's a bard and then his brute or not brute, but like warrior girlfriend and a bunch of his ragtag team is going to go figure out how to infiltrate the castle and get back at him. So it's like a, a D and D mission and you go and you have to like meet all these different characters. And one thing that's really fun with it is like the way they explain the way the magic works. Like you, like they have more like tools and items uh, that like work with the classes like it's very like um it's very gamey mm-hmm. um 
like they they all like don't understand each other's rules um and like what they're allowed to do but they are able to do like like there's one part where they they need to find a helmet that like allows you to um see certain or like disguise certain magic or something and so they're going to they don't know where it is but the michelle rodriguez's ancestors like fought in a battle like a hundred years ago where it should be and so they do this like they have this one like item that allows you to ask five questions to a corpse so they go start like digging up her family and then like waking up the corpse what the fuck <laughs> and and they're like they're like hey how you doing and the corpse is like all right <laughs> like, yeah. it's like what's your name and he's like uh felix and he's like okay cool so do you mind if we ask you a few questions they're like he's like sure and he's like that's three questions right <laughs> it's like yep <laughs> and he's like wait okay we're gonna ask you a question he's like okay and he dies again <laughs> get up another guy dig up another guy so it's like a bunch of like little jokey fun it kind of feels um like the mummy you know what i mean like it has mm-hmm. like like the original the mummy with brendan fraser like it has a very fun jokey sense of humor uh and also a lo- all tons of practical effects lots of puppets i was not expecting so many puppets there's tons of like just like there's an uh, there's a cat lady whose baby's got stuck in a fish the fish is a puppet the baby's a puppet she's nice. a lady wearing like a, a cat head <laughs> um lots of weird little puppet animals that like look very very puppety so it like has this very slick fi- you know digital film quality like it's it's very like modern looking but then all of a sudden there's like which makes the puppets look even more puppety <laughs> um i feel like it just really understands what you'd want out of a D movie and then just gives you that nice. um it doesn't try to take itself very seriously i would say it does do the sort of like josh whedon's thing of like everyone's everyone's very, snarky everyone's funny. everyone's very snarky uh it, it also it i guess at worst it feels like guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. um which i think is good like it <laughs> yeah i like guardians of the galaxy you can't sneeze a guy like there's one character who's sort of drax like where he like doesn't understand irony and he like mm. talks very seriously oh so they literally are doing guardians of the galaxy well that's like a side character he like shows up for a scene and then goes away okay but yeah like they they just straight up take drax um and so it, it it's not the most inventive movie uh but there's a, I thought it was pretty funny and mm-hmm. it, it's uh it's, does it have like a satisfying arc and everything like it yeah, feels one like thing it, I, one thing I really liked about the movie was that uh it um it shows um a female and male friendship uh and that isn't romantic like there's mm-hmm. never a hint of it being romantic they are like sometimes mistaken he's like oh was your would your wife like anything and they're like he's not my wife and they like explicitly say like no we're not together and then like that never even though they like raised a child together it's like not ever a romantic thing and i like that i like Mm -hmm. that it wasn't about that it was just like a nice uh a nice little friendship that they have together um and the it yeah it's a very satisfying kind of conclusion it 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 does what it's sort of sad um it's sort of it's just yeah it works for me i thought it was really cute nice uh i recommend it if you like if you don't mind a little bit of like epic reddit winky snarky yeah, did it feel like um i mean i guess like the, the fan service is an interesting question for this because i don't think there's a lot of people who actually play dungeons and dragons enough that they would get the fan service stuff <laughs> but does it feel like it's fan servicey for D people yeah there's mm-hmm. a ton there's a ton of it um they go to the underdark uh they go to Neverwinter. Mm-hmm. uh there there's a uh there's a tiefling uh <laughs> like it's it's a ton all of it is there's a you know it, there's a ton of them 
and they shape shift. They there's a big fat red dragon that looks exactly like the one on the dumb like original eighties cover, mm. but he's like actually fat and like roly poly <laughs> around, uh, and like is just like f- so full of food. Um, he's really funny and cute. So I feel like the 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 fan service is sort of like blink and you miss it in terms of like it's not like centering it because it's not like star wars you know it's not like remember watto (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) it's not like that we're gonna want to have a big we're gonna want to have a big pause uh in the scene for (laughs) watto everyone's gonna want to stand up and clap because they remember (laughs) watto My uh, tricks don't work. I make <laughs> only money. <laughs> Jedi, um, your Jedi mind. He's. I, yeah. I can't believe they were allowed to have him as a character. <laughs> He's so anti-Semitic. Um, yeah, they like explain a lot of stuff. Like when the mind flares, like they walk by, they're like, "Oh, those are." They call them like the real names that mind flares are called, which is like illithial or whatever he's like that's illithial they only attack when they sense like mind energy and then they just like walk right by him (laughs) because they're all stupid um just little jokes about D D, but they like kind of explain it to you more than like wink at you because i think you're right like only really huge nerds would like know what that is Mm -hmm. um so it it sort of just feels like little jokes written in this is written and directed by um john francis daly and jonathan goldstein i don't know if you know who that is john francis daly was um he's sam from freaks and geeks okay yeah Uh and he he grew up to he wrote like uh cloudy with a chance of meatballs too right, which everyone right, right. liked and then he wrote spider-man homecoming and he's like the only one in that show who didn't end up really having a bigger career well he like on screen right yeah he's not a big actor anymore um but he like wrote and directed a couple success they did the remake of vacation and then game night which i never saw i heard people like it. it has jason bateman and rachel mcadams in it and then this, which, you know, pretty successful for a post-COVID movie. It made almost $200 million on $150 million. So I think it's a cute movie. I enjoyed it. Nice. Beautiful. I recommend it. And let's go to our feature presentation. Let's do it. This week, we watched the 1985 American supernatural slasher film directed by Jack Shoulder, written by <laughs> David Chaskin. I'm talking, of course, about A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's, Freddy's Revenge, Revenge. Stylized on screen as A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, colon, Freddy's Revenge. <laughs> What's different? What, what is different uh, there? What is different? Wikipedia? What are you oh, talking about? Oh, part two, rather than oh, just part two. two. <laughs> Whatever. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is the... The sequel to the hit movie, Nightmare on Elm Street, directed by Wes Craven. Uh, This one, uh, so it's gay May. Mm -hmm. This movie was not anywhere near as much of a success as the original, uh, if I recall correctly. It's Um, it's pretty good still. It's three million budget, 30 million box office. Yes. I mean, it's, you know. It was the original was one million dollar budget and fifty seven million dollar box okay, yeah. So uh, they made, you know, it, I think this was enough for them to keep churning them out. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't quite as much as of a success. Um, this one, and I think it's generally considered to be one of the the worst ones uh, up until recently. It's sort of I think within the past. I want to say like five or six years started getting a little bit more attention as a uh, <laughs> as a metaphor. Um, I think at the time there was some sort of people had an, a sense that there was something weird going on. Oh, I think um, if I saw somewhere um, like in even in the time. Uh, 
like it wasn't necessarily seen as a big metaphor or anything like that. It w- definitely was not well received, but people, um, like people in reviews at the time even said like, this movie is pretty fucking gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did not read it. Um, or I, I did not know uh, what I mean is when I was growing up, I didn't hear about this one as the gay one. Like when I first started watching these movies in college, people weren't like, and then we watched the gay one. It was like sort of, it felt like an accident when I was younger. Um, I'm sure some people didn't think that. Um, But I feel like uh, at a certain point, a lot of people started talking about it. In 2016, uh, Mark Patton, who I believe is the main character, um, claimed that the film's gay subtext was increasingly emphasized through the script rewrites as production progressed. Um, so like they hired him and then it got more gay. <laughs> it was just like it was, so it was like intentionally gay baiting or yes. Interesting. Uh, that's why he, cl- he claims that, um, that the writer like wrote it more and more gay and he, he, he felt pretty upset with it because he was closeted as a kid, you know, and then it sort of made him feel strange and not like he not something he like really signed up for. Um, there's a whole uh, documentary about this uh, called God. What, what is the movie called? I never actually watched. Oh yeah. Scream queen. My nightmare on Elm street came out in 2019 and it's about Mark Patton in specific and how he was not prepared for what the movie was Mm -hmm. and uh, kind of how he feels about it now, which is clearly uh, a little less resentful. Um, Variety said uh, uh, he criticized the film saying whiny, still resentful and at times contradictory in his perspective. Patton can't help but view the story as all about me, even when others call him on that tunnel vision. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a little bit complicated in in its history. But uh I don't know, at the top so but the movie is pretty explicitly a gay metaphor. Yes, I would even go so far as to say like it doesn't even feel metaphorical at times, like it just feels straight up like he is a closeted gay man. He's a kid who's realizing he's gay. It's yeah. a it's a movie about the only metaphor is that Freddie is the representation of his fear of homosexuality mm-hmm. of of coming out basically i don't it's weird because the movie like is very clear <laughs> in a lot of the situations where the coach is an out gay man or like a a you know a practicing i don't know how to say it he goes to gay he's a bars. practicing gay man <laughs> he's a practicing gay man he goes to gay bars um the wikipedia has a art as a has a little part that says homoerotic subtext very little of it is actually subtext um yeah and and i also want to point out that the homoerotic subtext section of the wikipedia is bigger than the actual like plot? rest of it. Yeah, the plot. It's, and it's it's the longest part of the article for sure. Um, by like a significant amount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, did you read the part that this is? I just was watching a. Um, there's a YouTube that's Nightmare on Elm Street too, but it's just the gay parts. Um, I just have it on silent uh, over here, and. Uh, so there's the scene where he first sees Freddy and Freddy puts the knife on his face and he's like, you're going to help me kill and whatever. Right. Uh, I guess originally in that scene, he was going to stick the knife in his mouth. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like pretty violent. That's too much. That's too much. It wasn't going to be violent though. It was going to be like a sexual like finger in the mouth. (laughs) But it's a knife. Uh, <laughs> uh, in a 2020 interview, director Jack Shoulder said he never had any discussions with Ch- Chaskin or anybody at New Line about a gay subtext in the script during production. He did that in his view, the, 
did add in his view that the movie was about repressed sexual angst in every teenager experience and that angst can express itself in the question, am I gay? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how the director thought about it. Um, So what the movie actually is, is picking up after the first one. Um, We've never talked about the, have we, uh, we did a whole episode. We did a whole episode on the franchise. On the franchise, but I don't think we've done this specific one, but basically a family moves out of their house because they go crazy and see Freddy and they're terrorized by Freddy. Now a new family moves yeah, and, into and the if same you, house. If you somehow are unfamiliar with Freddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what Freddy is. Freddy is a, uh, is a pedophile who uh, they burned to death in his house uh, in like the, I guess in the sixties or seventies. Um he was a pedophile. He was a local pedophile. They burn him to death, but I guess like through some sort of witch magic or something like that, he becomes a, a dream demon um, who kills you in your dreams. Um, but if you dream enough, then he becomes real and he can kill in the real world. Um, right. And he, uh, what is it? It's like, if you are afraid enough of him, then he can like manage to like wiggle his way out of your dreams or something like that. And uh, he has a, he of course has a glove with uh, knives on the fingers. He's got a glove with knives on the fingers and he's crazy and he'll kill you in your, in your sleep. Um, yeah. He, he says one liners a lot. Yeah. He says, bitch. Although not as much in this one. <laughs> no, not in as this much. One, he says a lot of gay stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he jumps down and says some gay shit. <laughs> he uh, jumps down and says, let me put my finger in your mouth, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he says i'm gay <laughs> i'm gonna uh, spit in your mouth <laughs> i'm gonna whip your bare ass with a towel in the showers so he so this is about a family who moves into that house and this is an interesting thing that they hadn't really figured out what how to make a sequel of this yet because the rules are completely different in this one mm-hmm. a uh the house matters uh in the rest of the films the house doesn't matter at all it's about like who experienced it and who's got freddie in their mind now and who's going through specific times of types of fear um and they have to be children and it's interesting i kind of liked this angle of like it's just the house for some reason Mm -hmm. uh and that you could do a lot of different types of childhood anxieties each movie um i thought this while it's you know problematic or whatever to make a movie like this in in the 80s or whatever uh i thought that this angle was really cool of like what do kids deal with at this age you know whether it be suicide or you know, mental health problems or being gay or whatever, you could explore that through Freddy. Much more interesting, I think, than the direction they took, which is yes. just dreaming, I guess. Different dream things. Dream <laughs> warriors, dream child, dream, dream child. catcher, you know? Yeah, Freddy's dead. Uh, the dream, they didn't do a dream catcher. They didn't they? do dream catcher. That's a Stephen King movie uh, <laughs> where the eels go up your butt. Um, but in this movie, it's it's there's no like sleeping is the problem what's really weird is that at at, basically from the beginning of the movie he has a nightmare and then there's just like this constant onslaught of weird shit happening in real life Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's there's no real differentiating between if he's asleep or not yeah it's the rules are much murkier in this one. Um, I do like that element of it though. I in could, in other, well, no, I mean, I like, I like both of them. I like what's going on in this movie, uh, probably more than I like what's happening in the rest of the franchise. But also I do like in other installments of the franchise where like sleeping is such a central part of it because I like, uh, the idea of people like being afraid to go to sleep and like right. trying to keep themselves awake and stuff. Like, I don't know if you ever saw the Chris Gathard show, um, 
Were you ever familiar with that? The Chris Catherine show? Yeah, I've seen a couple episodes. They did one where they stayed awake for 72 hours and then filmed an episode of the show. And so it's like a whole, you know, talk show formatted show, but where everybody is like hallucinating from being awake for too long. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Like everyone's constantly like crying because they're just like, like emotions just like get too much for them. And everyone's like shivering and like weird. How long have they been up? 72 hours. Oh, my God. And it's like um, maybe it was 48. I think it was 72, though. Um and every time somebody's part of the episode ends, they just immediately just like lay down somewhere and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but I love like I I really love the uh, the weird things that sleep deprivation do to people. And I always thought that that was like an interesting like when they when they did the remake of it, I was like I was like that would be a cool angle to take on like revisiting you know, Nightmare on Elm Street is to like really make it like to give it more of a grounded grittiness to like really fuck more with like what happens to people when they don't sleep, you know, but then instead they were like, what if he, what if we lean even further into him being a pedophile? What if that's like a huge (laughs) part of it? Everyone likes about (laughs) Freddie. Everyone's favorite thing about (laughs) Freddie. Cause in the first movie, they really do hedge their bets that he's a child killer. Mm-hmm. They don't actually ever say he fucked the children. Uh, <laughs> you kind of guessed you, just based on his yeah. vibe overall. <laughs> sure, but you, they don't explicitly like he likes to fuck kids and then kill them. It's like, ugh. And, I mean, and and it would make his like kind of charming uh, one lineriness kind of not work as well. Whereas in the new ones, they were like they made him Rorschach, and they were just like he just were really he's gross. <laughs> He's a yeah. monster. He's you disgusting. Know, you know what Nightmare on Elm Street needs? A gritty reboot. <laughs> you know the guy who just looks like a fucked up pizza? Like, what if he also was sexually terrifying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's kind of like how this movie is. So he... There's not really much to this movie. He's a kid who's going to a new high school. He some of this stuff is like i I, i'll admit that i was pretty fucking high when i watched this last night Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but i'm also pretty sure that none of this movie makes any sense like the way nancy is introduced he like opens the door nancy is staring away from the door so you just see the back of her head yeah and then she like slowly turns around and is like hey are you ready to go well i think that we as the audience are supposed to be you know, horned up teenage boys Are and we're going to sh- see her feels- and we're going to be like, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> but it seems kind of creepy. Like it does. It's not like a, bring, like it's not a, it's not a cool turnaround. It's just like a weird turnaround. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it's like, his parents are like, who's Nancy? And then, and then they go to school and like the next line her friend her like weird new york friend who exists for some reason is like yeah. so you getting any and she's you, like are you are you having sex with him <laughs> and she's like he's just my ride to school and i'm like do they he's know gay, you idiot do they know each other like the movie is like unclear how like when they met or how or yeah, why and did he just move to town <laughs> or did he just move to that house it's is he really new at con- that school or all, is all he of like the like, really normal stuff that most movies would have no trouble just like saying yeah is so convoluted and strange <laughs> it makes the movie feel like intentional i, I almost want to give it like it's intentionally strange because the whole movie makes you want to feel off kilter yes like stuff happens where like when he goes into his sister's room with like the glove or whatever and he's like you made me try to kill my sister or whatever and then it just cuts to like they're at school like nothing Mm -hmm. ever really happens (laughs) it's like you're kind of constantly wondering what is real from like the beginning of the movie and it really it it takes a fucking long time for freddie to start doing anything um you get like, to, to even really show up. You get like a couple of nightmares here and there. And this is why like it feels like it couldn't have been an accident to have made this all about being gay. Oh, it's, it's, it's like it's it's <laughs> you're focusing too much on what's happening in real life for me to believe that your intention isn't for us to pay more attention to that than Freddie. 
Like, yep. Freddy almost feels like an afterthought in this movie. Like, it's not really about him <laughs> at all. Um, it, it, it's, it's, I don't know. I think um, this is an interesting movie more than it is a good movie. Um, I don't think I enjoyed it very much at all. Uh, okay. even, even by the standards of the 80s slasher, I don't think this is a good one. Um, in it. I agree that it isn't good. I love this movie, though. Mm. I think it's insane and funny and definitely worth watching. So what happens is is that he... A lot of what's happening is just him slowly going crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and I think what's really surprising is... So he, he's like... He has one friend who, like... Well, he's not his friend. They start by wrestling. <laughs> uh, With his ass out for some reason. Yeah, they pull, they pants each other and then wrestle. And then the coach is like, you guys have to lay there and do downward dog for a while. They don't actually no, ever do a push up. I know, but, but they don't like, actually ever do a push up. They just like, no, like are we're, on their haunches. Well, because we're joining them after they've done a lot of them. And so they're just like, kind of like their arms are just giving out and they're just like humping the floor now. That's true. But I want to be specific that all we ever see them do is hump the floor. <laughs> also, I want to be clear that that is upward dog, not downward dog. I don't know yoga. It doesn't feel like it should be. That's the thing. No, wait, that's a Cobra. It's or also, I think upward dog and Cobra look pretty similar. Okay. Um, but they're doing the thing where your arms are straight and your head is up. And the rest of your body's lying. Um, like they got tired of doing push-ups and are just holding themselves up locked-armed. But Oh, I think they're the same thing, actually, Cobra and um, Upward Dog. Right. So that that guy, the coach is some sort of like weird gay dom, like a, a, a sadomasochist or whatever, who like just likes to torture boys. Yeah. And then, and then everybody like at first they like say that like it's a joke, and then everybody's like, "By the way, he actually is uh, gay and in an, into BDSM, and he's at and, a like, club all the time." And, but they like don't really say it. He just like shows up, and he's at a club. Yeah, why does he go there? <laughs> I what don't is he know. Doing there? <laughs> the kid just goes there. The kid is just there in a scene, and he runs into his coach. And his coach is like, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he just shows up there at night, and then I guess they go back to the school, and then... And then Freddy whips the coach's ass to death. And kills him, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you're like, okay, I guess at some point this was a dream, but then he's really dead. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's so baffling. It's such a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> or it's intentionally just supposed to be confusing because he's confused, and you're like, did I he really kill him? I think that's really generous. I, I think know, that's I a agree. really generous read. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, I guess, but it's like, in a certain way, I almost feel like the writer had like some sort of like artistic aspirations with the movie, and no one else did. Like everyone else in the movie and the producer and New Line and the director, they are making a $3 million like check to make $30 million. <laughs> like that's all they're doing. And also the, 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 the practical effects here are a lot of fun. Um, lots of really cool Freddy shots mm. when he screams and there's an eye in his throat the whole like yeah. chest burster thing where that's he comes out pretty of good although i will say freddy doesn't look so great in this one no it's not face my is favorite freddy in this one no it's he's not the worst which is number six i believe where he mm. looks like a cartoon of himself um but this one is pretty bad um freddy's dead it looks so stupid <laughs> um but yeah, I think there's, there's, you know, you get oh, this. Oh yeah, he doesn't even look that scarred up in this one, huh? No, he looks like he's wearing some sort of melty flesh. He looks like the I've got too much shit on me guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel like there was there's something really weird that happened at the end of the 80s where he just became so insanely profitable that he just became Bugs Bunny. Mm -hmm. And so they like kind of didn't want to make him look too fucked up so he kind of just looks like the idea of scars or something um because he had his own tv show i don't know if you remember that <laughs> but there was a period where freddie had his own like crypt creeper sh uh 
show, you know, like oh, Tales yeah, from the Crypt, sure. uh-huh. where he was like, "Hello, bitch, <laughs> 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 we're gonna watch some scary shows." I, uh, I was thinking it was like a late night talk show. He's like doing a Letterman thing. It kind of is. <laughs> Our guest tonight is <laughs> uh, TV actress Michelle Pfeiffer. Come yeah, on down, good. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it was called Freddy's Nightmares. Uh, and it was very silly. I don't know how long it lasted. We did um, um, for um, for Albumer, we did the Freddy Krueger album. See, they did like all kinds of weird shit. There was 44 episodes of that shit. Jesus. <laughs> uh, but anyway, back to the movie. Um, it kind of just goes. The girl wants to fuck him. He clearly doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, what's nothing to do with her? What's nothing to do? He's just trying to figure out what's going on. The dad is really, really harsh and just an asshole, and yeah. like never wants to admit he's wrong. He's sort of like the classic overbearing, like that kid is fucked up because he's not manly kind of dad, even though he's a wimp and a weirdo himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he just wants to kill everybody. Freddie is like, kill all the people who hate you. Uh, including your little sister for some reason. Um, and he doesn't want to. Uh, he ends up trying to fuck the girl and his like he wants makes him want to throw up. His tongue turns into a big worm. <laughs> yeah, he gets a giant weird uh, monster tongue and uh, and then he freaks out. But it's like, it's so funny because it's like he's getting ready to go down on her and then he gets to about her stomach and then this like giant tongue comes out of his mouth. He's like, oh, I gotta go. And then he, and then it, like, and then he runs to his naked cuts. friend's room. <laughs> it hard cuts to his friend shirtless on his bed and then be like, you gotta help me. You gotta help. I need you to watch me sleep. <laughs> yeah, and the, I mean like the guy, the friend is even like, yeah, there's a girl who wants to fuck you and you want to sleep with me. No, 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 no. He says, uh, he says, like, there's something inside me. He's like, there's something that wants to be inside you and it's her. And it's like a funny, like, <laughs> yeah. it's a funny, like, reversal way of like, you know, he's like, he even in talking about fucking a girl, he says it the gay way. Yeah. <laughs> the girl's going to peg him. The girl's going to fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> so Freddie wants him to be gay or Freddie is being gay or it's the it's the self-hatred of being gay and then there's a long the girl finally like believes him and then they go to like again it's hard to say what is supposed to be fake or not because the girl follows him into like the big boiler room area from the first movie and is sort of like you can fight this i believe in you you don't have to be afraid you don't have to be like this and then basically kisses him to free him mm-hmm. from Freddy. So it all, it's sort of, I've always been kind of confused about the ending. Like, are they implying like you can just not be gay or are they playing, implying like you can no, be that was not Freddy. afraid. So I think Freddy is the closet, right? Freddy is yeah. the, Freddy is the stewing and burning toxicity that's within you when you deny who you really are. And so exercising Freddy is coming out of the closet and she kisses him so that in that moment he finally realizes I don't like women. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're freeing me by kissing me and I can finally just accept that I'm gay and move on with my life. Right. And then he's free and then everybody is happy with that. And then they get on the bus and then they do the sort of like fake out spooky ending where it's like, this bus is going too fast, driver, and then it's Freddy again. Yeah, and they're like, surprise, actually, even if you accept yourself, you're still going to have a very difficult psychological life because everybody does. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, you'll never stop hating yourself, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Not just because you're gay, all sorts of reasons. You bent over weird this morning and somebody saw... You jumped over a puddle and you went like this. <laughs> you weren't sure what you did with your arms and now you're just racking your brain trying to remember if you looked stupid or not. <laughs> For some reason, it feels like someone's got a gun to your head. <laughs> you remembered a weird thing you said in kindergarten. <laughs> Are they still as stewing about this as I am? You'll never know. Is it stupid to face with them and ask? <laughs> uh, yeah, and I guess that's the point of the movie. Is that even if you accept yourself for being gay, you'll still have anxiety. Um, so I, yeah, I. It's a dumb movie. It's a movie that doesn't function on any level. Uh, <laughs> but 
you know, it's one of those movies that I grew up. I just like stupid horror movies. Sure. It's got a lot of fun uh, practical effects. It doesn't have any good kills. Like no. generally like horror movie fans rate horror movies on like how much cool gore is there, how much like exciting violence is there, whatever. And I never really liked, I don't really care. Like I like the good kills sometimes, but I really just like the practical effects. I do like some good kills. I think, like not really super gory ones, but I was just remembering actually one of the few, very few positives of Scream Six was that there are a couple <laughs> of really nice kills. Um, somebody got stabbed in the fucking mouth. Okay, I like that. Like, like down the neck or up the head. So like in the face, and it's like <laughs> straight through, like into the mouth, but like kind of like 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 off center so it's not like going down the throat necessarily but like it's like into the mouth and then like out the sides and stuff okay Um, that's pretty gnarly yeah that's the kind of stuff that like (laughs) i i find it really interesting when slasher movies nowadays are just like let's just make it look like real violence Mm -hmm. like let's make it look like someone's get in a war (laughs) uh and that's really strange yeah but Nightmare on Elm Street, it looks like clay. It looks yeah. like creative, fun clay, uh, which you don't get to see as much. So I enjoyed this movie. It's very strange. It feels like, at, I think the best thing you can say is that it's a weird Lynchian version of a stupid 80s blockbuster slasher mm-hmm. um, that ha- that tries to do something with metaphor that the rest of the series is completely uninterested in. So it's a unique little fun thing. Um, I wonder how a gay person would feel watching this as a, as a young person. You know, like yeah. how like if you're a gay teenager, are you like whoa? Well, I think it's <laughs> I think it's camp. You know, I think it's for sure. It's definitely oh, it's, oh, it's camp. <laughs> it's big time camp. I think that's uh, I think that's probably where a lot of the appeal of it is. Absolutely. Um, And I think if you like that kind of thing, if you want to see a stupid and weird movie uh, that's very campy, that's very gay, uh, even if it's like sort of secretly very gay um, or has been for decades, yeah, I recommend this one. I think, but you got to be prepared that it's not actually a good movie. Yes. <laughs> it's not a good definitely. movie at all. <laughs> but it, it's definitely good to laugh at. I recommend it with a group of people for sure. How about you? Yeah, I think I would I would recommend it in a similar context. I think if you have a group of gay friends, watch it with them. <laughs> Absolutely. Or, or not a group of friends <laughs> in general. If you could get a group of drag queens together to watch this with, I feel like that would probably be ideal have a, conditions. If you could have a drag queen brunch. <laughs> Maybe a story <laughs> hour with children, too. At a library, you yeah. bring kids who you think might be gay and show up. And you know what? Like Maybe some like clinicians from like a from like a transgender center at like a hospital. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the social workers who are pressuring parents and, you know, all those people. <laughs> show this in the non-denominational chapel in your hospital. <laughs> anyway uh this has been generation lost thanks to our council for this movie we're doing gay may next week is a toss-up i think i don't know if carrie has uh revised it again or what no 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 that's not it carrie is the one after this right we're still doing 515 stranger by the lake right i think so yeah I think we're doing Stranger by the Lake. No idea what that movie is. Uh, I think it's going to be very gay. Um, Carrie, I believe, has stuck with a movie that I'm very excited to watch because it's the only one of that director's movies I haven't seen. That direct Those twin directors. Um, but we'll talk about that when we're more sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but next week, Stranger by the Lake. Uh, so thank you for listening to Generation Loss. That's been the episode. We'll see you next time on Gay May. If you'd like to hear more of our show, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and become a Patreon, become a Sopranos tier. Tell us what we're going to watch after Sopranos. 
uh, become a dark council member and tell us what the theme is of next month. It's going to be, um, you can get a bonus episode every single week where we talk about the movie news, your emails, Sopranos, so many fun things. We should start ranking again at some point. Yeah. Uh, cause I still have, every time we do this, I look at this envelope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so go there, get in the discord, hang out with us, follow us on Twitter at Jen lost pod. Follow us individually from there. And until next time, that's, that's movies. movies.